Hello, everybody. This is Mark Kumar, lifestyle entrepreneur. I have my dear friend who's eating. He's going to totally tell you how you can take your business to the next level. And this particular individual, you're going to be so surprised and shocked and inspired at the time because the journey that he has been through up until now is going to truly revolutionize the way you think. So, Ethan, please take your time and introduce yourself to my audience. Well, thank you so much for having me on your, par- your podcast, Mark. That was a wonderful introduction, and I'm touched. So a little bit about myself, guys, is that I'm a published author. I published my first book when I was 22 years old, and the premise of it was that I was having a quarter-life crisis, and I just wanted to really explore what my passions were in life and reflect on like the difficulties I had faced in order to grow. The title of my book is The Ink of My Soul and the Fire of My Bones. Find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Other than that, I'm a podcaster. I have the Strength of the Pack podcast. I'm a photographer, an athlete, and really what I want to communicate to the world is that discipline is freedom. So if you're able to discipline your mind, you can set goals and move forward because one of the family beliefs that I have, a motto that we have, is that hope is not a course of action. You have to set goals. Absolutely. You know, as a Speaking of discipline, I know it takes a huge amount of effort and time and all those things to write a book. So tell me what inspired you to write this book. So I was, I was at a time in my life when I was reflecting on how I wanted to use my time. Because a lot of us, we take for granted how fast time really passes. And then we also take for granted like how little time we actually have. So at 21, I say I had a quarter life crisis. So people are like, quarter your life? You're only 21. We have 100 years to live. And like, the truth is, is that do we? Do we actually have 100 years to live? And then what does living at 100 look like? You know, so like to me, I, I think living stops when we're not able to have our mental faculties anymore. We're not able to live the way we want to live. So... I was sitting at my desk, graduated college, and I was like, do I study for the certified public accounting exam or do I do something that just sets my soul on fire? Write a book. Like I love writing. I love connecting with people in in my articles. And it's just, you never know who you reach. So I I just sat there and I was like, this is not the path for me. Like I don't want to be a CPA. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an author. I want to tell amazing stories that just ignite people like other books have ignited me. So that's what inspired me to write. So can you share like two books that really like fired you up? Like I'm like so good now no one can stop me. Easily. So the, my number one favorite book is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. So that book, it was really funny, actually. It was a gift from uh, one of my bosses when I was working as an intern at Estee Lauder. And he was a, he was a Polish guy, so he always had, like, that, that thick accent. He, he'd always give me advice. He's like, if you must trust no one. It's <laughs> like, here, uh, you must read this book. He gave me the book, and I, I read it. And I just, as I was reading it, it made me cry. Like, it made me just, like, it made me feel so deeply because what the book really speaks about is – how life is filled with omens and like these omens are, are speaking to you. It's like, like when you feel a calling to do something and like they'll only speak to you for so long, like you can only ignore them for so long until they leave you. So at that point in my life, I was, I was in a relationship. I didn't want to 
being anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was doing an accounting job that I just, I, you know, ticking and clicking and, you know, the, the greatest degree of creativity I had was changing the color of my Excel spreadsheet, you know, and I just, I felt so limited. I was like, yeah, I'm like, just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I have to pursue it for the rest of my life. So that, that book, number one, number two, it's kind of, it's, it's a pretty close tie. So it's between Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel and Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. So I, w- I would have to lean more to extreme ownership because the alchemist plus extreme ownership helped me take action because extreme ownership is written by Jocko Willink, who led the most like decorated Navy SEAL team during the Iraq war. Right. And it's about leadership in, in, uh, in like critical circumstances and military and wartime circumstances, as well as in your own life. And the basic premise of leadership is, is that if the team fails, it is the leader's fault always. Don't blame your team for the failure, blame the leader. So what I interpreted that as in my own life is that if I'm not achieving my goals, it's because I'm failing myself. I am the leader. I have to take a course of action that allows me to be successful in life. So, you know, I'm not happy in a relationship, take ownership of it. You know, man up, say what you got to say and like, you know, move on if you have to. And I'm not happy with my finances, take accountability. Make a plan that works, you know, because self-pity doesn't get you anywhere. You have to strategize in order to advance forward. I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, it's like the, the old saying goes, if it's going to be, it's up to me. You know, if you don't take action towards whatever your course of action plan is, whether it be getting a college degree, making a million dollars or being in a relationship, or it does not really matter. In order for you to do something, you got to take action. It's like I always say, you know, if you want to eat a pizza, you got to go to the pizza shop and actually order it or pick up a phone and do something to get the pizza to you, you to your house or wherever you're living and put it in your mouth. So plan of action or massive action is definitely the way to do it. So tell me a little bit about like when you were in the process of writing this book, what were some of the things that you first wanted to include that will help your audience overcome whatever those things were. Can you talk about that? Sure. So like the basic progression of my book is like how I I look at it from an underlining perspective is from darkness to light. It's that we have to kind of make peace with the darkest parts of our life. Like every single person has, has experienced hardship on some level. Right. But that hardship isn't what defines you. It's how you choose to handle it. So that's, that's really the number one thing I try to drive home is that at the end of the day, our life is our choice. We are not bound by fate. Like I believe that like maybe, maybe there, there is some sort of guiding hand in the world that pushes us in a general direction, but we get to choose where we're going. We get to choose. And that is the greatest thing I try to give my reader. It's just that you are always in control. Okay. So what happens to those people are just trying to play devil's advocate, people who are out of control. So how do they get back into control? It it all starts with introspection and mindset. First, you have to take accountability, realize you are out of control. Like it, like there, there is, there are times in life when people tell you things out of spite and in a way to like kind of bring you down. 
But then sometimes when people that love you and see that you're going down this, this weird path and you're, you're struggling with something, they come up to you and they tell you like, look, you gotta, you have to make some changes. And when the people that love you the most confront you about the way you're acting, you should really learn to listen. You should at least be able to take in some introspection and reflect on what you're doing. There's no excuse for lashing out. There's no excuse for self-pity. Like you have to take action. So it, it all really starts there. Okay. I think that's, that ties right into what the thing that I want to talk about next is as far as the business goes, go, business goes, because there are a lot of entrepreneurs who have this idea that's going to make them $1 million. And then if that's all it takes is an idea, if I could do this, or if I could do that, or if I had this opportunity, or if I had this software or whatever, all those excuses, excuses, excuses. So what advice would you give those particular individuals who just have an idea, they want to take action, but they don't know how to get out of this ideological game? Ideas are beautiful things. Creativity is complete. It's beauty in its purest form. But the thing is, is that you always have to take in and improvise with what you have. Like for me, for example, I love photography. I fell in love with photography when I was interning at Canon, but I couldn't afford a camera for two more years after that. And what I did during the meantime, did I cry? Did I wail at night and lose sleep? No, I just did what I could. I have a phone with a camera on it, don't I? Like, you know, just did the best I could with that. And I, I went out of the world and I tried to capture whatever beauty I can. Like I wanted to, you know, people want to write a book, right? Like I wrote a book. Every time I talk to someone, everyone's thinking about writing a book, you know? But the thing is, is like, if you just think about it, it doesn't go anywhere. So like, you know, some people are like, oh, I want to write a book, but I don't have a computer. Well, start, start with pen and paper, go to the dollar store, pick it up there and just start writing. That, that's where it begins. It's, ideas are great, but action is wonderful. It definitely, most definitely. I think some of the reason why some people don't go anywhere is because they have an idea, which is great. And then they're like, when they go to action, take an action, and sometimes they have what they call, what is called like the fear, the factor comes in like, hey, and I think the reason why some people don't complete it is because what happens if they actually do it and they actually get the result, then what? And then that fear of like actually being successful, I think is what causes some people to not do anything. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh man, I have two different directions I go into. So first, like something I say in my book is that your purpose in life is so much bigger than being a millionaire or owning a Lamborghini. So dream bigger than that. Shallow dreams have shallow graves is what I believe. And it, you made me think of the alchemist because there's a part in the story where Santiago, the pr protagonist, he goes and he's, he got swindled out of all of his money and he starts working at a glass shop, with this glass shop owner. And he starts speaking about his dreams with the owner and the owner was Muslim and his dream was to make the Hajj like to, to Mecca and see Mecca because that's like his birthright. You know, that's, that's what he's supposed to do with this religion. But the thing is, is that business started doing better because Santiago started exploring with a different way. And then, you know, it just became with more and more excuses as to why he can never leave. And like, for some people, it's just that the dream of achieving something beautiful like that, that's what they have to hold on to. They're, they're too afraid to actually pursue it because they're afraid of failing. 
And you have to face failure in order to grow. Cause like, to me, it's like, I never look at failure in like definitive terms. Like you're not, you're not just done. Like, you know, you're never done. Even, even if you pour all of your energy into one thing and it, it doesn't work out and you tried your hardest, maybe that's not the path for you. Maybe you just need to reimagine yourself again, you know, and just try again and move in a different direction. Yeah. It's beautifully said. Uh, another thing I want to add to it is like failure is just the way I look at it. I'm really explaining to other people. It's just your expectation didn't meet your experience. And the reason why you fail, or, or in other words, look at it, you didn't achieve what you were hoping you would achieve. That's, it's really simple as that. And then, and then if you shift the way that you think about failure, it's just like, hey, I'll learn something and that I didn't know before. It, that would be my way of thinking of failure. Because to me, I never fail. I just learned something. If I didn't know something, hey, if it were get it or not, I just learned that it doesn't work that way. So let's do a little side check here. So what, what are some of the things that you are currently working on besides your book? Oh, that, that's fine. So, well, one, one thing is actually for my book. I'm working on a, an audio book. I'm nearly, I've been using this quarantine time to my advantage and I've just been buckling in, recording my book and I've been emulating, uh, I'm not sure if you listened to David Goggins' audiobook, uh, Can't Hurt Me. I haven't heard of that, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks because to me, reading and listening to audiobook, I, I feel like audiobooks are a lot more faster to observe information. They're like information on steroids. Like I don't, when I'm reading, I actually have to sit down somewhere and put like a soul uh, dedication to it and I'm fully concentrated with my audio, plug in my AirPods, I can go on a gym, go on a walk or do something else and then I'm good. That's my way of learning, fastest way to do it. I love audiobooks. I have an Audible subscription. I use it every month. And like, you know, like I, I read a lot of personal development, but I also read a ton of fantasy. And like, it's just, it's so inspiring to me because like what I learned from reading fantasy is that people love heroes. And you know, like in order to be the hero in your own life, to be your own protagonist, you have to face those failures because win or lose, people still admire you for trying. They still take notice of you trying to persevere past those boundaries. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you thank you so much for listening to this podcast and all the podcasts that you have listened to it. If you truly enjoyed what you were listening to it, make sure you click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. And also, I have a something special that I want to offer to you that is truly going to help you take your business to a 10x level. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you go to Mark Kumar dot com forward slash gift once again the url is markkumar.com forward slash gift and in there i have something that i really truly believe is going to help you go take your business to the next level a lot faster now back to your episode interesting way you put it like people actually yeah so i guess what is your definition of a hero someone who just tries and never gives up or tries if it doesn't succeed then goes a different way or what is your definition so the hero we're all the hero in our own story right like 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 another way i phrase it in my book is like we have a choice as to what role we want to play right so you can be the hero that's the role that i choose to be 
You could be the nefarious villain, like, you know, that pessimist who's just, you know, you want to see other people fail because you failed, you know, you could be cannon fodder who just, you just don't really do much. You just advance the story a little bit in an insignificant way, or you could just be like a, a bystander and just watch the story as it goes. But for me, a hero is someone that advances the story in a significant way forward and what it takes to be the hero in your own story is to have vision, to have vision, to see the greater ends. Like I never focus on what is, I always focus on what could be if I just tried a little harder. Cause you know, I feel like a lot of people, like we admire the heroes that we watch in movies and books and like, you know, like, wow, they, they did it. But even though like we see like parts of ourselves in those heroes and that's why it, it touches us so deeply, we still, we still make the mistake of staying on the ground after we've tripped at the first, first obstacle. And we just stay there. We're like, that's as far as we're meant to go. But the hero always rises. So I think of an expression from uh, the Japanese, it's fall down seven times, stand up eight. So that, that's the ideal of the, the hero to me. All right. That's very well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. So great job on that one. And first of all, I want to say one thing for sure. You may feel like you have a midlife crisis at age 21, but like you said before, a lot of people are like, man, I don't even think about 21 being a midlife crisis. I'm thinking about where can I go to go to clubs or where I can get a girlfriend yeah. things of that nature. So you're like mentally way ahead of a lot of people who are in that age group. So congratulations to that. Like, how did you even get to that point where you mentally like, hey, I, I, I'm not gonna think like a normal 21 year old kid. I'm gonna think <laughs> like, hey, like whatever, the other direction. So how well, did you get to that? Thank, thank you for that. And I think, I think hardship, hardship at a young age really forms people, right? And it's how you respond to that hardship, you know? So like, you know, like how many kids in America like grow up with like divorced parents and stuff? It's 50%, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And like, for me, that was one of the things that happened to me when I was young is you had divorce, but I also had like domestic violence in my life growing up. And just like those, those, you know, hurtful, hurtful remarks from people that are supposed to love you the most, you know? And then I was raised by a single mother and like, we lived in poverty. Like it was always a struggle, like in my life, you know, I'm only 24, but I've lived in eight different homes. You know, I was moving every two years and like, you know, it, it, it was just, it was just constant struggle, but I decided to look at my struggles as an opportunity to persevere through them always. Even when I was at the lowest points in my life, I just sat there and I thought and I planned and I was like, I refuse to stay here. And the only way to move forward and to climb out of this pit is to, is to start taking actionable steps in the right direction. So at that age, I, I instilled that mindset in myself and I was always very disciplined. I even started meditating like at a very young age, at 12, because I did martial arts back then. And that was just a component of martial arts is, is your mindset. So by incorporating mindset and intention into my life, I was able to set goals and achieve them because I realized that one thing that all people value more than anything else in the world, regardless of who you are or where you're from is what you can do. And if you can do something well, people will acknowledge you. 
So for me, that thing at a young age was school. I was, I wanted to be the best. I, I studied as hard as I could. I took all the advanced classes I could get my hands on. And from that, I graduated high school with like a 99 GPA. And it was actually higher than that when it was weighted. I had like 101 GPA. And then I went to college on almost a full ride in my, my first years on an academic scholarship. And I, I took advantage of that opportunity. You know, I took advantage of that opportunity. I saw college, you know, this is important. This is what I've worked for. So let me leverage it and do the best that I can with this and make opportunities for myself again. And then I, I pushed harder because like I, I saw a lot of people in college and like that mentality you were talking about before of a lot of 20 year olds, like, yeah, it's true. It's completely prevalent. But the thing is, is that I was so on my purpose that I couldn't indulge in those things. Like I couldn't indulge in going to the clubs and getting drunk. Like I've never gotten blackout drunk in my life. And like, like I've always been the kind of person to just enjoy a few drinks with friends and like have a, have a bonfire and like, just, just talk about life, you know? And like, those are the people that I have looked for. And those are the people that look for me. And when we have those relationships, like we just all grow together. So like with my podcast, even strength of the pack, that's the idea. It's like the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. So it's the people you surround yourselves with that, that help you grow. So if you put yourself in the right environment, you can escape any sort of uh, stereotypical group of people for any age group. You know, just be rebellious. Awesome. That's great. That's great. Tell me about the strength of the pack podcast. How does that come about? So like, even with, we were talking about failure before, you know, just like I've had two podcasts before Strength of the Pack. I had mm -hmm. the morning lift, which I did with a friend a couple of years ago. And, you know, we, we were doing great, but then it's just the consistency fell apart. And then I had equals A squared with a couple of my other friends doing great, but consistency was a problem. But for me, Strength of the Pack, all the accountability is on my shoulders. So it's, it's just my podcast. I find the guests, I make the conversations, I post the content. And when I'm self-accountable, anything is possible. So I, I named it based off of a poem by Royard Kipling, like uh, the law of the jungle. And like that, that's the line that stuck, stuck out to me. It's just the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. And the strength of the pack is the strength of the wolf. And that just, it hit me so deeply because I feel, even with you, you probably experienced this. It's just those entrepreneurs, we're always like the lone wolves in our group. You know, we're, we're looking, we're looking for our pack. We're looking for the people that are as hungry as us. And like, like we can see the possibilities of life. And like, we want to be surrounded by those people that have the vision to do more. But our immediate surroundings is just people saying, no, 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 just get your degree. Like, be happy you graduated college and you have a job. Like, be happy with what you have. And like, like you're not ungrateful to envision more for yourself. And that's what I try to convey in Strength of the Pack. It's just that you're not alone. There are other people just like you who have you know, that same desire. It's funny you say that because... Everybody who becomes an entrepreneur, when they go into the journey, they're like, loan, 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 loan. And finally, when they find somebody like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All these years wasn't wasted. <laughs> no, like uh, one thing that really uh, put that 
that kind of solitude and perspective for me was in college, we, we had to take a personality test in one of my classes, the okay. Belvin personality test. And out of both the business cohorts that I, that I was in, at, so about 100, 100 students, I was the only one that scored what I scored. And then I took Myers-Briggs personality test and I score as an INTJ. And like both of those things like put together just show me. It's just like, yeah, I think differently from other people. And that's why it's hard to find that like-mindedness. But once I do find it, I value it so much. I just, I love people that are, are challenging the systems or like, I love super creatives. Like uh, one of my first podcasts was with this guy, Nick Calabro. And we went to college together, never spoke. And then after college one day, he just liked something I was doing. We spoke. He did accounting just like me. Could He hated it. Went back to school, got his MBA in marketing, like became a photographer full time and just followed his dreams. And like, those are people I want. It's just never let that fire inside of you die because other people share it. And if you work together, you make a bigger flame. You have a bigger impact on the world. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad you said that. And the way you put it, just let your flame grow by surrounding yourself with other people who are on the same thing. You know, that's great way to do it. So tell me this, this podcast of yours, The Strength of the Pack, who is it for and what can people get out of it or what can they expect from it? So up front in my first episode, I said, this podcast is 50-50. I'm like, it is not entirely altruistically driven and I won't pretend that it is. It's 50% for me. It's 50% for my audience. And if I could bring both those worlds together and give both of us benefit, fantastic. So for me, what I really look for is that I look for entrepreneurs, creatives, like coaches, just anyone. Like I had a robotics person come on who's just building battle robots. And I thought it was sick, you know, like anything that really captures my interests. So I look for like those, the rebels in society who just want to challenge the way things are in order to create their vision of what could be. So like even on my last, uh, the last episode I aired, I had Sahil Makija on and he is the owner of Headbangers Kitchen. So he, he has like a keto cookbook. He has a metal band called Demonic Resurrection. And like, I love metal music. And like, you know, just like, he's just such an outlier. And like in his outlier state, he attracted so many people that were just fascinated with what he was doing. And like, he created this huge audience for himself just from making like the most rebellious diet possible, like keto and then, you know, metal music. And like, there's just, it's just exciting to me. I just look for people I've never cared about like how many followers you have or or things like that. I care that you're genuine. I care that you have a message because you know, it's like, what's the point of coming on a podcast if you don't have anything to say, you know, you have to have a message and like, I just, I just care that you genuinely want to help other people. So from those relationships that I'm able to build with my guests, I get better. I learn lessons take from their lives like uh, tools that they're willing to share with me mindsets that they're willing to share with me and I implement it in my own in order to grow and then with my audience I offer I feel at least no not even feel everyone has a unique perspective to offer the world everyone's voice has value everyone can teach a lesson to someone else and like for me in life that's the most important thing 
like I want to be a teacher in ways and I want to share my experiences and share my actions in order to help other people grow. So that that's really where the value is in my podcast. It's just that although I'm, you know, I'm trying to speak in an inspirational way, that's not who I am. I'm not just a motivational speaker. I'm someone that believes those words with all this heart. And I'm willing to work as hard as I can in order to achieve it. And I, I want to share that journey with other people. And I hope that it gives other people hope. You know, it's just like, it doesn't matter how, how dark, like the place you are in life is, it can always get a little brighter if you just work for it. And if you keep on going and still have the mindset that you have and growing that particular mindset and plus the development, I promise you that speaking from personal experience, you will go a lot more further than you ever imagined. I guarantee it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's just, you know, that's what I believe. Mindset is 90% of the battle. You have to envision victory in your mind. And that, that's how I always look at it. I just see... I, my wife teases me for this is because I'm so militantly driven with my mindset. It's just that everything is win or lose. You know, there's no in between. I'm not willing to compromise. There's no stalemate in war. Like it's just, this is the path to victory. That's great because another way I can validate or another way I can put it is like the number of options you give yourself, the number of reason you will not do it. If you only give yourself one option, that's the only way. Going back to your military way, that's the only way you're gone. You're golden. You will get a lot further. Like that's I, I say the same thing all the time. It's just that, like people, like in college at one point, right? I I quit that internship at Estee Lauder in order to become like a full time like a derivatives trader. So I was trading financial instruments. I was getting up at two o'clock in the morning so I could trade on the London market, and I would trade from two to four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning, eat breakfast, go to the gym, get my workout done. By seven o'clock, I'm out to work or like not, not to work at that point, actually, but to, to college. I'm there all day, you know, and just like just grinding, grinding, grinding. And people I would uh, in order to kind of challenge people to do a little more with their time, because that's always the, the common excuse. Right. It's just that I don't have enough time. Right. I would share my uh, my Fitbit uh, sleep tracker records and they just show it like every week, like four hours of sleep at night but I'm still getting everything done, you know? And it's just like excuses are the tools of the week. Like you have to fortify your mind in order to go forward. One of my, my favorite inspirational sayings of all time was from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was like, you need eight hours to sleep. <laughs> I don't know why he's Russian when I did it, but, <laughs> but he's like, it's like, you need eight hours of sleep. He's like, ah, sleep faster, just six. <laughs> so I was like, that's right. Sleep faster. You know, so that's what I did. I slept faster and I, I just persevered through the fatigue in order to grow. Yep, absolutely, man. When I was going to college, I was going full time, had two jobs, had three hours of sleep for two years. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Like, if you got it, I mean, if you want it bad enough, sleep is not important. Your body get used to it so quickly. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. When I started getting real sleep for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, the sweet nectar of the gods. <laughs> you know, it's like sleep. It's so weird. Like even now, like now during quarantine, I'm definitely sleeping a little more. But like at the same time, I'm still getting a ton of work done. It's just like, wow. My body, you do need sleep, but you have to make compromises in order to advance. You can't, you can't constantly use the cop out as right. I don't have enough time. 
to pursue your dreams because that that's true poverty if you don't have enough time to pursue the things that set you on fire that's that's absolute poverty to me absolutely you if you are poor in your mind your reality is pure pure what is going to be you're going to be pure in your reality as well especially in your bank account you know <laughs> that's what i believe in so so having said all of that so tell me one thing for like what is your two three or in five years from now what does your future look like that that's a great question and you know to me it's that i have a very clear vision of what i'd like to achieve in my life and i'm hoping to start living on that vision within the next year so one of the other projects that I have is that my wife and I have an e-commerce business. We're currently getting our sample products in in order for us to be able to launch. Our company name is For Sapien. So the idea is it's for all people, it's for all homo sapiens, right? And that's my vision. Like going forward in the next five years, the, the person I want to be, I want to have the relationship that I have with my wife now. I want to grow it, make it better, and just live in a way where we're both able to enable each other to to succeed and that's what we do right now so that number one two i want to have i want to settle myself and my family like across the board so i want to set myself up for success as well as position my family for success by sharing the tools that i've learned so three is just fun just financial freedom like i just don't want to be you know, tied to the nine to five kind of life so I can pursue the things that, that really inspire me. And four, I want to be inspirational speaker. That's a life dream of mine. I want to do TED Talks. I want to do photography on a grander scale. I want to travel the world with my wife, learn more languages. You know, I'm studying Japanese and I have a pretty good basics of uh, Spanish. I just tested out of all Spanish on Duolingo. <laughs> and like, you know, and I'm just like, I want to constantly be learning. Like I just constantly, I want to expose myself to what can be like, even with writing my books, like I'm not done and I'm not limited to just nonfiction. I want to try fiction too one day, you know, just cause those are the things that like make me feel whole. So I just want to keep building on those things. I'm glad you said up something about the Ted talk and all your goals are extremely, extremely possible. The mm -hmm. reason why I say that is because if you are thinking about it, you're dreaming about it, it's because somebody already achieved it. That's why you're able to achieve it as well. Mm -hmm. And question that I have for you is, in order for you to do a tech talk, what do you think you would need to do to get to that point? Number one, got to apply. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's just... I just got to keep building. Like I understand where I am right now is that I'm just in the process of becoming the person that I've envisioned for myself my whole life. And like, I'll always be in that process. And like, as I take more definitive steps closer and I have the right to speak on stage because I have achieved something meaningful, that's when I'll apply because you know, like a lot of people these days are, are like motivational speakers, right? Or like they share like a thousand, you know, positive quotes on their Instagram stories a day. And like, like the thing I, I always say is like, you can share all the inspirational, whatever you want in the world. If you're not acting on it, it's meaningless. Like the knowledge of something versus the application of it are two completely different things. So I want to inspire people with what I have achieved. And I've started doing that by writing a book, 
publishing it at 22 years old, just reimagining what's possible. You know, I have a podcast where I try to inspire people, grow an audience, help them reimagine what's possible. I have a business and I want to reimagine what's possible there and do it bigger, do it better. Like uh, fantasy for us, my wife, Svinny and I, it's just, if we had a company, I would put the employee first. I would, if I had a company, I would make it a place where people are enabled. I wouldn't make people afraid of talking about their entrepreneurial side hustles. I'd encourage it. I'd give them an hour a day out of my time for them to pursue their goals and make them happy. And like that, these are the things, this is the person I need to be in order to achieve those goals. Like the Ted talk, like that's just a, that's a fantasy that I have right in my mind right now. But more than that, it's a goal. It's an ambition. Like I can envision myself on that stage sharing a message of just discipline is freedom. If you set the goal, you set the intention, you can be up here too. I came from poverty and I made this for myself. You don't need anyone but yourself. Absolutely. Because that's the only person you can actually 100% count on. No one else if you think about it. If you're the only one that can and will make things happen. And speaking of making things happen, what was the one advice that you got as growing up that like kicked it in, like, I'm going to make it happen. Man, for me, it, it, it wasn't necessarily advice. I like I've, I've mentioned before, like I love stories, right? And I love fiction. And like, what I realized was, is that it is possible. That's it. Like the, the thing you envision that impossible goal that like, it's like, wow, if only, if only I could have it to me, it's just, it is possible. That's it. Like, if you think it, you can do it. And like, to me, it's just, as long as you live with that in your heart and you believe it and you pursue it, you can have it. So like, that would be the advice that I can share with others. Awesome, man. With that said, I really appreciate you being on my podcast. And at this point of this podcast, I always leave it up to my guests to share anything that you would like to do. But more importantly, how can people get in touch with you? Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. You can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best place to reach me at Ethan D. Brayu. You can find my podcast at Strength of the Pack on Instagram. I have my podcast available on all major platforms. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, and more. And you can find my book, The Ink of My Soul and the Fire in My Bones, on Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble. Honestly. So you guys, nothing makes me happier than people reading my book and telling me what they got out of it. And the podcast for myself now has, has given that to me and I've been getting a new wave of popularity for my book. And if you read it, it would mean a lot to me and I think it would give you some value as well. So that, that's all I really have to plug at this point. So thanks so much for that opportunity. All right, man. Awesome, man. Everybody who is listening to this, make sure you check that out. And also, I will put all these links that he mentioned in the show notes. So you can definitely take it, look at it and make it easy for you to access that stuff. So thank you once again, Ethan, for being here. I really appreciate it. I hope and wish you much, much, much success in the future, brother. All right. Thank you very much, man.